Hello, everyone. Good morning from the West Coast, afternoon from the East Coast. This is our next edition of the Lion's Den. Stephanie Link is with me. She's our Chief Investment Officer with Hightower Wealth Management. And we're going to talk about the quarter that just ended and talk a little bit about the next quarter, what our expectations are. So Q1 of 23 is in the book, Stephanie. And what a Q1 it was, Todd. It was certainly something that I think a lot of people were not expecting, and that was technology and growth stocks made a comeback. So just to put it into context, as you know, last year, value, value stocks and sectors outperformed growth stocks by 20% on the year. And a lot of that was because the Fed was embarking on a tightening cycle in terms of their rates short-end rates, Fed fund rates, and the inflationary environment was stubbornly high. And that's the reason why the Fed had to do what they started to do. It happened all throughout the year. And what happens when interest rates rise, that actually is a headwind for growth and for longer duration assets. These companies, at least growth and technology companies, they have to go to the debt market to, to actually fund their expansion. That's the whole reason why they're growth stocks, right? Because they keep growing, but they need money to grow. So you can see when right. rates go higher, that that's and that is exactly what happened. It was the playbook like it, it, it typically is. This year, fast forward, first quarter, we have growth outperform value by 12%. So you had a little mean reversion. And why is that? Well, that's because people think that the Fed is about to end this tight cycle in terms of higher rates. And at the same time, whether you think that's right or wrong, we can talk about that, but that's what the perception was. But also interest rates came down as a result of growth slowing. And why is growth slowing? It's because the Fed just raised interest rates right. very much, 475 basis points in a year. So growth Which is slowing. Which is 4.75% for those people who don't know what a basis point is. Oh, I'm sorry. I should do, okay. I know better okay. than to do that. I know better. I'm so sorry about that. Yes. So that's a lot. That is a lot of tightening in a short period of time. But, and, but it's not and, unprecedented, Stephanie. We've seen this no. before. I yeah. know. I've only the been problem... doing this for four decades, but we've seen these kind of tightening cycles over and over again. That is exactly right. And we've seen that when they unwind, how it all of a sudden changes the mechanics of what's working in the markets and what's not. And so my point is people think the Fed is close to done. Inflation is coming down a little bit, still very high. And you had this whole bank situation, which we can get into with Silicon Valley Bank, as well as Signature Bank and Credit Suisse. So there was a flight to safety. And again, a little bit of mean reversion because growth so drastically underperformed in all of last year. And so so that was the real theme. Uh, and I, I've, I've gotten a number of questions. Does it continue? Do you believe in it? Do you buy up? Do you pay up? Some of these stocks, Todd, are crazy. I mean, semiconductor stocks that are up 70%. You have some FANG stocks that are up 50 to 70%. I mean, these are really nutty moves, in my opinion. But it's a function of they did so poorly last year. And there was this shift in sentiment this year. So people just kind of decided that's where they wanted to be. In the same time, you also had money come out of equities in the first quarter, and it went into fixed income. And why is that? Well, you know better than I do that if you can get 4% on a two-year bond or a bill or 3.5% on a 10-year, 
that's kind of attractive at, considering for the last 10 years, we've had nowhere to invest within fixed income with yield. Yeah, it was interesting that the, the yields finally got to a point where they were paying more than the S&P dividend. Yes. And that's been a long, long time since we've had that. I mean, years. Absolutely. You know what they say, for the last 10 years, there was no alternative. Equities was it. Well, guess what? Starting last year, there is an alternative, and that is fixed income. And we've been seeing it in the flows. We've been seeing it within investment solutions in terms of where the money is coming and where it wants to go, where people want to invest. It's a balance, and as it should be when you have higher interest rates. Exactly. It's fascinating, the, the rotations, and you have to stay on top of it because this is what you do. This is what you've been doing for a very long time. Give us a little bit of background, Stephanie, on you. You know, we knew each other back in Dean Witter days. Yes. Uh, way, way back then. But what was your path since then? Sure. Well, there was, um, uh, it was an interesting path. <laughs> if I, I mean, if I had to, as I look back, I never would have thought at the time of my first job, would I ever be here doing this? It's been a journey and it's been a wonderful journey. Some challenges along the way, but also some real rewarding people that I've met and investments that we've been able to create. So anyhow, yes, I'm around, I've been around for 30 years and I started at Dean Witter as an institutional salesperson. And I worked there for six years and I got very lucky. I was able, right on the trading desk, I worked with two very senior institutional salespeople. What is institutional sales? Institutional sales is basically what we call the sales side of the business. And that is, there's a bunch of research analysts that that's what they do for a living. And they come up with good research ideas. And the salespeople, the institutional salespeople, they actually market these ideas to people that run money hedge funds, mutual funds, pension funds. That's called the buy side. Don't ask me how they got to the, all of these wacky little names, but I stayed there. And then I wound up leaving Dean Witter when it merged with Morgan Stanley, went to Prudential Equity Group, still on the sell side, was the head of institutional sales in New York, was a director of research. I happened to work for Mike Shea, who is the large cap value manager that works with me in investment solutions. So don't ever burn a bridge. Todd, you know this better than I do. Absolutely. And then I left because I actually wanted to see if I could run money. I wanted to go to the buy side. And that's when I met Jim Cramer, worked with him for seven years running his charitable trust. Then after that, I left to go to Nuveen and ran about $4 billion in large cap core, which is the style that I run here at Hightower. And also was the global research director overseeing $200 billion in pension assets. And then I wanted to try something different because the buy side, the sell side, there's a lot of challenges going on with pricing and that sort of thing and competition. And I looked at Hightower and I said, wow, you know, this is sort of an interesting space in general. And Hightower is one of the leaders. Well, I linked into our CEO. I said, as an introduction, I said, hey, what the heck, I'll send him my CV. He links into me back 30 minutes later and he said, let's have a conversation. So we created this wonderful position where I run investment solutions and I'm chief investment strategist, as you mentioned, and, and a portfolio manager. So there's a lot of, lot of hats going on, Todd, as you very well know, this is what Hightower, we all do at this firm, but it's been great. Yeah, no, we've loved having you. And you came over in July of 00 right in the middle of the pandemic. Yes. Uh, and, and you've taken 
ITAR Wealth Management from a very not insignificant amount to a very significant amount of, of assets. Yeah, we went from 800 million to 3.46 billion. It's so much fun to to see, but it's been Absolutely. a great team effort. We're now up to 13 people. Uh, we have a real great research group. Uh, we have, again, Mike Shea is overseeing the research group. He's got 35 years of experience. We have Bob Lyons, who he's our chief operating officer. He has 30 years of experience. We have our alternatives person, Robert Picard, who also has 30 years. Basically, we all have a lot of gray hair. That's really yeah. at the end of the day, but it's been a lot of fun. We have a lot of laughs and we work really hard and, and we're just trying to have a miniature asset management company within Hightower for you and your advisors to utilize if you wish. Yeah. And you guys are very, very accessible and, and high touch. And that's really refreshing for clients. You jump on a call with us, you know, to talk to a client anytime. And that's really refreshing and, and attractive. Question for you. So you mentioned that you ran $4 billion in large cap core at the peak. And I think the capacity for large cap core, because it's all big cap, it's all large caps, well-recognized names. What, do you have any idea on what kind of capacity you might have? We have a lot of capacity. Overall, I've hired a wonderful group of people. So I have amazing support, yeah. not only on research ideas and that sort of thing, but also the back office work. Ryan Primrose and you had, a, a, had one of these calls and I, we couldn't do it without him, but we have the systems in place. We have the technology in place. We have great relationships with the custodians, good relationships with advisors. So we can take it on. And I'll tell you, Bob Oros's goal is 10 billion in a few years time. And I always say to him, come on, let's just dial that back a little bit. But honestly, we've really come a long way and, and we just want to work as hard as we can to hopefully help you so that yeah. you have more time to visit with your clients and to talk yeah. about a variety of different investing ideas. Absolutely. You know, and we are at, I think, $135 billion as a firm, yes. right? And he asked me, where do you think we're going to go? And I said, I see no reason why we couldn't be a trillion dollars. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're growing that fast. We are growing that fast. And that's both organically as well as M&A. And you know what's also interesting? We were able to put up mid-single-digit organic growth in the face of a market, both markets last year, right? Equities down 18%, NASDAQ down 30 and fixed income down 13 yeah. So there yeah. were all kinds of markets that were in turmoil, and yet we were still able to grow, which speaks volumes of the quality of advisors that we have, the quality of your clients that exists, and also the fact that people and advisor teams want to come here. Now, I think there's a buzz about Hightower. Yeah. It's really fascinating. You mentioned the fixed income was down. Everything was down except for cash and maybe gold and silver. Those were the Isn't only that true? assets that it, were up. That it, is so incredibly true. And maybe even alternatives was a buffer, yeah. right? A helpful yeah. buffer. But but we know that that's a smaller allocation to portfolios as it should be just because, well, talk about long duration. I mean, that's a long-term investment. It really did help. But Unfortunately, when you have these kinds of numbers that were really pretty big time on the declines, it's really hard to offset. We were playing a little defense last year, just trying not to lose as much as the overall market. Yeah. And all of our strategies, all of our equity strategies did beat the benchmarks, the S&P 500. And we also on fixed income kept right in line a little bit better there. You know, it's funny, Todd, and I'd be curious your thoughts because your relationships, your close relationships with your clients, 
I think people realize they can lose money in equities. I really do. Mm -hmm. um, it's very volatile. We know the long-term averages, total return is 11%, but you know, you have some good years and bad years. But I kind of think last year, people forgot they could lose money in fixed income. Yeah, it's really critical that you know how you own these instruments, okay? Yes. It's really critical in equities that you own actual shares of the companies. There's advantages to owning actual shares, tax advantages, et cetera, but also in fixed income. And I've been for years telling clients, yes, if you have to have a mutual fund of fixed income, just know that it's going to act more like a stock fund. Yes. There's yes. going to be not the, quite the same volatility, but there can be. And I think people realized that last year with us, mo the majority of our clients are in direct fixed income. So we actually own the bonds. So okay. on paper, they showed a loss, but if you wait to maturity, then you have your investment back. And as interest rates are going up, they're reinvesting at higher rates. Obviously it helps the portfolio as a whole. So you're right. We did see a paper decline, obviously both in equities and in fixed income. Cash was fine, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. actually raised rates a little bit and alternatives did act as a buffer. We actually had positive returns in private equity and a hedge fund to fund. So it all balanced out. It was still down, but again, a lot of that's recovered now, particularly on the fixed income side, because interest rates have obviously slowed down the, the rapid rise that they were going through. Well, that speaks to just phenomenal wealth management on your part, just diversifying, right? I mean, I always talk about diversification and equity portfolios and bond portfolios, but overall, holistically, that's why it's so incredibly important in what you do and what your team does is well, we're not, you're not looking at just one asset class. You're looking at, okay, what do we have and what's the game plan? And let's not panic. Let's stay yeah, calm. Exactly. And I think that is actually the best strategy. You know, you've heard me say this, but maybe your clients haven't. Sometimes when it gets really challenging out there, turn the TV off. Absolutely. Turn it off. And you know, I am on CNBC a lot and I'm a contributor, but turn it off because, because the negativity, I want to say it sells better for TV than positivity. There's so much to be positive about on the long term. As I mentioned, long term total return in stocks is 11%. Bonds, it's about 6%. That's fine. And in, and in alternatives, it's higher than that. So you have to have a little bit of experience to deal with the crazy markets we had last year. And now all of a sudden these rotations that we're seeing this year, but you know what? Let portfolio managers and fixed income and equities, let alternative experts, let us do that dirty work and figure it all out behind the scenes while you have actually go out and talk to your client and reassure them that everything is going to be just fine. And that's the best part of the job. These families that we work with are just great people and we really enjoy them and enjoy working with them and for them. And it, it is a partnership. We're working together to accomplish these goals. And back to the asset allocation for a second, I think of a chair, a four-legged chair, where each chair represents one of the asset classes. You have cash, you have fixed income, you have growth, and you have real estate. And if the chair is out of balance, you know, it's dangerous. It could tip yes. over. So we Very like to true. try and keep things in balance as best as we can. All right. That's we'll really, it's, so, it's so incredibly, it's so incredibly important that that strategy. And I think it's underappreciated. I really do. Because in the good times, remember two years ago, the oh, S&P yeah. was up 28% and everybody thought they were a great stock picker. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we have to be in equities and nothing. I don't want fixed income and I don't want alts and I don't want anything else. 
Well, you know what? Guess what? It's not always that easy. It's not always that easy on the way up. It's not always that bad on the way down. There are opportunities right. on the way down across the board, across all four legs of the stool. So what do you think? One more rate hike and done? So I think, yes, I definitely think I'm that there's a, that, that there's one in May coming. Yeah. And, I, and I look at the inflation data. It's still too high. And then um, it's a nice round number. It's five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and it's been about four and a half to five for a lot of months. And I know people on TV get a little excited that month over month, it's down a tenth of a percent. But still, year over year, it's still too high for them. And now you have OPEC plus doing what they did over the weekend in terms of cutting production. And that's going to lead to a little bit higher uh, gas prices, oil prices that will feed through to inflation. Now, the Fed is not really looking at commodities. They really aren't. They're looking at what they call core. Core inflation, to your point, is running at about 5%. And so as a result, I think they raise another, but I don't think they're going to be as dovish as they were last because last meeting, you know, we were right in the thick of things of yeah. Signature Bank going under, Silicon Valley Bank going under Credit Suisse. So I think they're going to say inflation is persistent. It's sticky. It's mainly in services. It's not in goods because everybody wants to go out and about. As we know, we have pent up demand. Yeah. And as a result, I think they're going to keep rates high for a long period of time. So if you were to ask me, does this technology growth trade have legs? Well, I would say certain technology and growth stocks do. Mm -hmm. But if rates stay high and higher for longer, that will be a challenge for that kind of group of equities and duration in general, even in fixed income. That doesn't mean you sell everything. No, you have a combination of great technology companies that have wonderful total addressable markets, meaning that they have growth for many, many, many years. It's not like a cyclical thing, it's secular. They have good free cash flow. They've got great balance sheets, good overall businesses. And oh, by the way, they're all cutting costs because they all overhired in the pandemic and now they're cutting costs. So maybe margins can hang in there. So I think some parts of tech can continue to be strong. It's not going to be up 70% in a quarter strong, but I think you have to have a place in your portfolio for this group. But I also think everything else in the uh, market if you X out the top 10 technology stocks in the S&P 500 in the quarter, on average, they grew 22% in the quarter. The rest of the market was flat. So there are opportunities. There are opportunities in energy. There are opportunities from this onshoring theme here in the United States, so industrials. China is reopening and their services numbers are off the charts. Their Macau gaming numbers are crazy, up over 200% in March. So there are pockets within consumer that I like, within industrial, within an energy. And so you just kind of want to have this diversified portfolio, more balanced this year than the first quarter of this year and all of last year, which was very heavily concentrated on value. And that's the way it should be. There should be great ideas and, and, and great company, quality companies that you can get on sale. That's, that's kind of what core means, right? I can be growth. I can be value. I can be a combination of, of both and looking for the companies that get thrown out baby with the bathwater. Absolutely. Well, Stephanie, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on and, and having this conversation with me uh, for the benefit of our clients, our mutual clients. And you're doing a great job. Keep it up. 
Thanks. Look forward to doing this again next quarter because this is going to be a regular thing. And we'll add some other team members from your team to the call and get this out to people so they can they can see what we're doing here. So it's wonderful. It's a great idea. And it's a pleasure and an honor to be with you and to learn a bit about your practice and all the great things you're doing. And I love being an extension of your team as well. So thank you again for the invitation. Just remember, it all started at Dean Witterstead. Have a good one, Todd. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hightower Advisors LLC is an SEC registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions. Lion Wealth Management is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Lion Wealth Management and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Lion Wealth Management and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.